Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi. Hi, Jenna. How are you doing? So good. I feel like I always say so good. You always say it. I know. I mean, there's so much to be happy about. You know what I mean? Tis the season. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) June. Summer. (laughs) Tis the season. I'm going to trademark that. Beth, do you mind introducing our lovely guest today? We're so happy to be with you, Sarah Erickson. So good to be here. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. Well, I'm... The Blessed Is She intern this summer, which is just like the most honorable title ever. I love that you led with that. So great. Yeah, I mean, I got to lead with my association. Like, why am I here? Tis the season. Tis the season. (laughs) And then I'm a student. I'm in college. I'll be a junior at the Catholic University of America in the fall. I'm studying politics and American intelligence. Yep. (laughs) It's a different kind of AI. Different kind of AI. I'm from here, though, from Arizona. And you're one of our devotional writers. This is true. Member of our team. Totally. Sarah, (laughs) what do you want to chat about today? You know, I really have it on my heart as of lately, especially going into my third year of college these past two years, that I really felt like the things I was warned about by my community, like the things I was supposed to look out for because they were going to, you know, take apart my soul and I was going to lose my faith. I feel like my experience of college gave me a different understanding of the ways like my soul is affected by Mm -hmm. my interactions with people on a day-to-day basis and how that looks a lot differently than I always felt like it would. So like, what did people warn you about? What's like one glaring thing? So I think like going into college, everybody warns about like the hookup culture and everyone's going to be partying and and doing drugs and drinking. And I I felt like I heard a lot of really dramatic things or like dramatic horror stories. And I got to my little Catholic university life and surely those things exist. But I found that even if I avoided encounters with those things, that college had different dangers, that there were different mediums in which my soul was being deteriorated and like pulled away from the Lord And it wasn't this big dramatic, like I had to make massive mistakes or I even had to really consciously feel like I was always saying no to the Lord. It came in these moments of emptiness and settling and mediocrity that I felt like no one had ever talked to me about. Like, I feel like I just heard like, hey, like just don't, you know, have sex before you're married and don't try any crazy drugs and like don't drink too much and you'll be good you'll be fine. I think it's true in probably all stages of life that the things you are like vigilant about and you're looking out for it, you can be surprised Mm -hmm. when attack or temptation looks different. Mm -hmm. You know, I really resonated with what you said about mediocrity. Yeah. I think it's a huge temptation to let prayer slide and it slides again the next day and the next day. And then you're like in a rut. I think I've noticed that the church can be really reactive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so especially, I think, like youth group culture and me coming from a background of youth ministry, that I probably would have highlighted those examples of right. what to shield yourself against or like mm-hmm. be prepared for. I think we're so 
reactive. We're like so defensive. So mm -hmm. instead of saying to my students, have a beautiful relationship with Christ in prayer. Stay close to the sacraments. Instead, we say, don't party. Yeah. Don't sleep around. Don't hook up. We're looking out for sin instead of mm. building virtue. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the focus had been beforehand, like Sarah, I want you to become who God created you to be. Like I want you to live into your full potential and grow in every way into Christ. If you wouldn't have been so surprised by some of those other things, because the goal of college wouldn't be to avoid sin, mm. but instead of this continued mission or vision or purpose of building virtue. But I feel like that's everywhere. Totally. I feel like most of the people I know, myself included, are like, okay, I need to stay away from sin. Right. Like I need to stay away from gossip or I need to stay away from drinking or I need to stay away from porn. I don't think I have that framework naturally to think like, let me build myself in virtue. And I do think guidelines are helpful and right, right. obviously knowing truth and knowing what's right and wrong. But I think there is a huge focus on like stay clear of those things and then you're fine. Yes. But that's where it's lacking. Is it's I, not okay to end at, I didn't gossip today. Like, did I grow in virtue? Did I grow with the Lord? Did I... Right. What did I learn from him today? What is he teaching me today? Not How just, did, I didn't sin. Because I can get, like, Michael be like, you want to go to confession? And I'll say, no. No mortal sin. I'm fine. <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah. The Lord still wants to be with me in the sacraments. And... Yeah. So even... I, I definitely get caught in that as well. Yeah. So rather than avoiding sin, would be about how did I love today? How did I grow in virtue? How did I exercise the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. How did I connect with the Lord? Yeah, and I think that whole mentality, it just felt so based in fear. My college experience has maybe like not been immune from the big, big things, like those, those trigger words that we use when talking about it. But I was going into college with the understanding that if I did any of those things, it was over. Like I was so mm. fearful. Like, instead of just focusing on the way the Lord wanted to draw near to me in that season, I was so afraid of like, what if this happened to me? Or like, what if I chose to do this? And like those moments came and my life wasn't over. And I became like very shocked because I had been so immersed in fear and I'm not, you know, trying to rationalize mistakes that I made or whatever. But I feel like if my if my focus had been shifted to how can I fall further in love with the Lord instead of feeling afraid and feeling like I was being thrown into a shark tank was kind of like the big surrounding feeling. If I hadn't felt that way and if my perspective had changed to I don't want to just feel condemnation towards these things. I want to feel like I'm called higher. Mm. Like I don't want the Lord to just tell me these things are wrong and I don't want to do this thing where I like go to confession and we move past. Like I want to be convicted that there's more and that there was a life that almost like transcended this very, very nominal back and forth where I was just like avoiding, you know, the big five sins that we talk about right. when it comes to college. And I think the only reasons I was able to avoid those things at certain points was because the Lord planted a deeper desire in my heart. Not because I, there came a point where I was like very afraid of those things, if that makes sense. I mean, I do think we have to have the both and. We right. have to understand that we do, I think, 
like we have to turn our eyes upward and like realize that we are above like that this relationship with the lord is even more important or or like Mm -hmm. you said like transcends these earthly things that we struggle with right right you know but we also do we also are here Mm-hmm. And so we do have to, to live with the consequences of each of our decisions, I guess. And No, yeah. I think I was just so focused on like, will this one thing destroy me or not? Can mm-hmm. I live through this thing? Will I be fine? And that was just like the wrong focus. Like the focus was above that. I should have been like, where is the Lord leading me right now? Where is love seeing me through? And in that, I would have completely felt convicted about avoiding partying or avoiding hooking up or whatever but I was just playing this game of how much can I really endure is it really going to be that scary is it going to be that bad just kind of facing a lot of these conversations I had had before I left that I could be ruined by something like instead of being like how is the Lord continuing to save me we had this conversation with Anna and Shannon from Eden Invitation and I, I think it applies to this situation they said that lots of times we're given the negatives, Mm -hmm. the no's, the don'ts, the rules. But what else is there? Like, what are our yeses? And so I'm thinking about my own college experience, which was pretty typical. Mm -hmm. And I had friends who made decisions that I wasn't going to make, but I loved them and I did life with them. But I think there was a real struggle within me because on one hand, I was, for the most part, avoiding those sins Mm -hmm. I was avoiding the the nose but I guess that kind of left me like well what do I do now right like no one was saying like run after the Lord no one was saying love people is there any sin that you guys have struggled with in the past that then growing in your relationship with the Lord it's almost like that sin is gone it's not as much of a struggle anymore for me in terms of gossip, how I was just saying that. Like, I think I tried my whole life to not gossip and not talk poorly about people or, you know, not be prideful. And I think it's just so much, it's so much easier to not even think don't gossip when I'm just working on the virtue of goodness or kindness or just be kind to people. Like I want to grow in being kind Mm -hmm. to people. And that includes how I see them and how I perceive them and how I react to them. It's not so much don't gossip anymore. It's more I want to continue to to be kind or patient or... It's subtle, but it's so different to frame it from the positive. Like, I'm growing in this way. I'm striving for holiness. Instead of saying, oh, I can't do that. I want to avoid sin. Like, oh, I messed up again. Mm -hmm. One is full of shame and guilt. And the other is an invitation to a much richer life. I think the, the first one that comes to mind for me is a sin I wasn't even aware of until I became a summer missionary for Life Teen and was forced to live in, not forced, but, (laughs) you know, living into that community and growing an awareness of the way I actually look at people and how different it was that I was being called to look at people. Like, particularly my relationships with men because when we were there, you're called to this, like, six, seven-week dating fast, and that looks like... A lot of things besides like just not dating at calls to like looking at looking at guys with a different lens and not looking at look not looking at men you meet as like oh is that a potential boyfriend is that a potential like whatever but like just getting to know that person for for who they are and I always thought I did that to be honest and then I remember getting to camp and feeling wow like there's nothing that comes at the end of this 
Like there's literally not, there's no motives. There's no goals. I, I was just like running around without makeup on, which was uncomfortable. And I was just trying to live authentically into who I was. And I was able to like get to know these men individually one-on-one without the expectation that something was going to come of it. Like I was able to really cherish the friendship as like enough. This person in front of me and the way that things are, that's like totally enough because that's what the Lord's called me to in this season. And that was a sin that I look back on in my own story. And I'm like, I don't know if that's even like a direct sin, but it was a flaw in the way that I saw men Mm. as like something to be twisted or formed into what I want it to be. This man will be whatever relationship I desire of that. And if it's accessible or possible, like that's just how it's going to end up and not inviting the Lord into that, into that experience to be like, I want to see this person for everything that you see them as. And I don't want to change. And I don't want that person to change in order to see them like holistically as someone who has a lot to offer besides their romantic use, if that makes sense. Totally. And that's something I always struggled with, but I never knew, you know, until the Lord like showed me something more because I think if someone had said that to me, like, don't do that. And I had felt condemned or I had felt looked down on, I wouldn't have changed because I wouldn't have known like, what's the other side. I mean, I did summer camps years ago and that was a huge, beautiful, restorative experience for me too, to just feel free. Totally. You know, like when you're talking about running around without makeup and just having these motives of like, your heart's like just exploding with love of the people that you're serving with, which is messy and hard too. Totally. Especially when you're all bringing your own wounds and proclivities. But yeah, I just now, I want to recapture that ability to like show people vulnerably who I actually am because when other people are vulnerable with me it's crazy I love them more Mm -hmm. I hear a story about someone they put all their stuff out there and that person to me is so deeply lovable but for some reason that doesn't translate I don't believe that if I show people all my stuff my brokenness my confusion like if I show them that surely surely they're gonna reject me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah tell me I'm not alone in that That's so real. And that's exactly what I'm talking, that's the experience. It's like, I actually never really understood what it was to just put myself out there completely because I understand that in this community and in this like weird sense, I'm not going to get, I mean, not that I'm not going to get rejected. I don't even know how to word that. It was just a safer space to be able to like authentically explore who am I without that filter, without that lens, without that fear of rejection, without that fear of like what people will look at me and think. Okay, I love that you use the word explore because it's not like we know how to do that. You, it really right. does take positive, corrective experiences of doing it a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Both of you went to summer camps and had these safe spaces to explore and self-discover yourselves. But what about all the other people in the world who don't get summer camps? Like, how do we have those corrective, positive experiences? Is it just giving yourself vulnerably to one friend? Like sharing, I don't know, like what does that look like for people who are terrified of that and have never had a positive experience of that? I mean, I'm figuring that out right now. Yeah. That that camp experience did not cure me. So I don't know. I, I do think I would like for it to be like one counseling session or one healing moment in adoration or one person even, like one relationship that's suddenly going to come along and and heal you and allow you to be free. But the reality is 
even in friendship, everybody's bringing their own stuff, you know? So I do think it's like a gradual stepping out. Mm-hmm. Like in this conversation, I self-disclosed instead of just pretending to be okay. Yeah. I was honest about just this one thing, you know? I just let myself be seen for a minute and like showing up again. It's a practice and it is hard. It's hard. Well, and when I think about an experience like camp, I mean, the reason that it's so anointed is just because you're praying literally all the time. Half of what we did was just prayed. And there's something that in the beginning I thought this isn't effective or like this isn't this isn't like penetrating my heart right now, which was like very hardened. And I think it's like first in the chapel where in that experience, like the Lord taught me to like come out of hiding Mm. to be seen. And that like flowed out in my relationships and that, you know, carried me through all that time. But because I think I first understood that the Lord saw me like I allowed myself to be seen in front of him. I came out of hiding in front of him. And if like the God of the universe called that enough and beloved, then I was able to maybe present myself to another, you know, really broken person. I probably have a lot in common with if I just gave it a chance. Like I was able to go into these individual relationships and begin to self-disclose like you were talking about and without fear that it would be that it would be rejected that like we could both just be like really messy together but still like aware of the truth but that like that those two things weren't in competition with each other if that makes sense like we weren't just like letting each other and enabling each other in our brokenness like we were using our brokenness to pray something more than we both had so and i think like even when i went back to school after that 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 followed me and it it was because like the Lord had heightened my desires to be known, you know, and my desire to be authentically seen because he first called me into that. I mean, for me, like, and I just think that sounds like so dumb and simple, but it like starts in the chapel, you know, or it starts in front of him in the sacraments or in receiving the presence. Okay, so Jenna, Sarah and I shared a little bit about camp and opportunities that we've had. So fun. (laughs) It really was. It really was. I'm really jealous. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So we had these opportunities to like authentically express who we were and grow in holiness and work on some of our stuff. That was a really precious time, right? So what experiences have you had that are like that? Like what areas have you been able to practice coming out of hiding? Well, I think I thought that I had vulnerability when I was young and a teenager. And I'm now realizing that I really just compartmentalized everything in my life and that people only got to see parts of me that I let them see, Mm -hmm. depending on where they were in my compartment. Mm -hmm. My church friends, who I would have thought were like my closest friends, didn't actually see all the parts of me. So they didn't know who I really was. They knew me in a deeper way because they knew me on like a soul level and we would talk about Jesus, but there are a lot of parts of me that were hidden and secretive and that wasn't a safe place for me to expose those things because it wasn't a relationship where I would still feel accepted Mm. with like the darkness or Mm. the secrets. So I think growing into that has been really important to me is the friendships that know about every part of me and still love me. I don't struggle very much with vulnerability I don't think. I'm pretty much an open book and I I want things to be out in the light and I want, like, if you're going to be friends with me, I want 
it to be because of all of me, not mm-hmm. so much just because of the parts of me that you like or that that are appropriate to you. I guess because I recognize that I, there were parts of me that I did use to keep hidden, now it's really important for me to people to see all of me. And if they still love me, then we're going to be friends for a long time. So I have really amazing friendships that have done that. Um, and I've practiced that with me and been patient with me. So those are ones that I cling to a lot. Yeah, like I have one friend, really, really close friend. We've been friends for 12 years. And it just so happens that everything in our lives kind of happen in the same trajectory. The Lord has us in the same path at the same timing a lot of the time. And she loves me Mm -hmm. despite all of my mess. We do things differently but she still loves me. We can feel differently about things and see things in different ways and have different perspectives, but we have a mutual respect and a mutual understanding and a mutual vulnerability Mm. to be able to say, this is how I feel about this. And even though I may disagree with it, and even though she may disagree with it, we still love each other. You know, like eventually you, you have different parenting styles and you have different marital issues and we can both look each other in the eyes and, and have these conversations that are really truly from our heart and exposing parts of ourselves that we haven't necessarily told everyone else, whether it be our fears or our anxieties or a church teaching we're struggling with or something and be able to say, I love you. And even if I do something that is so egregious to her, she's still going to show up the next day mm. and vice versa. There's something very powerful about being, like, uncomfortably honest. And I've been, like, trying to learn that. Well, thanks for chatting with me about vulnerability, gals. Yes. Always. Sarah, do you want to close in prayer? Sure. Amen. the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, thank you so much for, for allowing us this time, for, for rushing into the room and, and being with us, being present for your witness, for the way that you came out of hiding first to teach us that we can also come out of hiding in your name, that our identity as beloved and cherished by the cross carries over into every encounter. I just pray that we would have the peace with you and with ourselves to be able to further explore who we are in every crevice and every corner of our being and all the ways that you made us. We ask that you would make us uncomfortably honest with ourselves and with others. That vulnerability would would penetrate all of our relationships and, and through intimacy we would learn more about the way you look at us, the way you dwell with us, about the way you draw near. We thank you that you constantly pour out love and mercy and kindness each day, even in the moments where we we aren't able to self-examine, even in the ways that we choose fear over you and your perfect love. We thank you for staying with us and for wanting eternity with us. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks, Gal. Love it. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. 
Connect with us at blessedishy.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.